This episode of A Change of Brand is brought to you by BrandPad, a new standard of brand guidelines. BrandPad is an online platform made by designers for designers. Keep listening for a special code just for you, our listeners. People love evolutions when there's something familiar and you can deliver on it in an unexpected way. People can relate because they have something that they could link back to. It's it's the case that you've seen with all great art over the years. If you were to make your jump from you know, the Renaissance to Picasso, it's like, forget it. I think it's like in Back to the Future when he goes from from uh, Chuck Berry to Jimi Hendrix and then he goes into like slamming the guitar. People are like, what did you just do? So I think if you could link to something familiar but do it in an unexpected way, that's magic. Hey everyone, welcome to A Change of Brand, a show featuring behind-the-scenes stories of rebrand, glory, drama, or disaster. I'm your host, Blake Howard. I am so excited to kick off Season 4 with an awesome change story in a category we haven't really covered before. The grocery store market is an estimated 818 billion dollar industry, and it's seen its fair share of changes. The first of which started in Memphis, Tennessee. Around 1914, grocer Clarence Saunders was working on an idea that would change the way the world would think about shopping. At that time, when you walked into your local general store, you simply handed your list of requests. Butter, sugar, castor oil, stove polish, bear grease, you know, the usual items. You handed that over to the grocer and they disappeared behind the counter only to return a few minutes later with a bag filled with your items. Clarence felt like this made no sense at all and he had a vision to allow the customer of all people to walk the aisles and pick out whatever their heart desired. Clarence was onto something and it led to the first ever supermarket called Piggly Wiggly, which still has around 500 locations in the U.S. Many customers today still say they're, quote, big on the pig, which was one of their famous campaigns. More than a century later, the grocery industry faced another massive change. The gig economy and the introduction of app-based services allowed consumers to pay someone else to shop for them, and ironically reverting back to the original pre-1914 grocer model. However, this time the shoppers conveniently deliver the items right to your doorstep. Today, there are a slew of pick and deliver options out there. Instacart, however, has found ways to innovate and has sustained their leadership in the category. After about 10 years in the market, their brand was feeling a bit stale or wilted. And in 2022, they started to dangle a new look and feel for customers to get excited about. But the path to get there wasn't easy. Would they bite off more than they could chew? Well, today we get to find out. For more backstory on the 2022 refresh for Instacart and what led up to this change of brand, let's go to brand strategist Tracy Clark for our briefing. Apoorva Mehta found himself bored as a supply chain engineer at Amazon. Despite loving to build software, he didn't feel challenged, so in 2010, he quit his job and sought out that challenge elsewhere. In the span of two years, he had launched 20 startups, ranging from social networks for lawyers to ad networks for gaming firms. 
all of which ultimately failed. Aporva realized it wasn't just the challenge he craved, he needed to genuinely care about whatever problem he was trying to solve. Instead of looking outside his area of expertise, he looked inward. Aporva loved to cook, but living in San Francisco without a car meant he was limited to his local grocery store, which was often severely lacking. Anyway, this led to his light bulb moment. The year was 2012. People were shopping online, meeting people online, watching movies online. Why couldn't grocery shopping be online too? Aporva quickly got to work designing an on-demand grocery delivery platform. Alongside co-founders Max Mullen and Brandon Leonardo, Aporva launched Instacart in San Francisco with just a handful of employees and a simple mission, to make grocery shopping easier. Customers could place an order through the app and have their groceries delivered to their door within just a few hours. No more waiting in long lines at the grocery store, fighting for a parking spot, walking a mile with heavy bags, or trying to squeeze in a shopping trip into an already packed schedule. Instacart's success benefited from the rise of smartphones, which in 2012 were actually still sort of gaining popularity. People became more comfortable making transactions online, so the idea of ordering services online didn't seem far-fetched. With ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft leading the way, the gig economy was about to boom. But then, and those of you following the timeline will guess this, yep, the pandemic hit. During lockdown, lots of people relied on online shopping, including those who never considered it as a way to get their groceries before. This quickly became the norm, and in some cases, a lifeline for those who had no other option. But while Instacart started in the lead, there was plenty of competition entering the market. In this time, Instacart expanded beyond groceries, delivering beauty products, electronics, pet supplies, and more. No longer wanting to be seen simply as the people picking out your fruits and veggies, Instacart grew into other markets, aiming to become the leader in on-demand delivery. But in the midst of this success, Aporva stepped down as CEO to serve as executive chairman. Going public, welcoming a new CEO and CMO, striving to be the leading grocery technology company, all the ingredients were there to create a crave-worthy change of brand. But were they dangling the carrot a little too far in front of them? Stay tuned to hear how it all unfolds. Originally drawn by one of the founders, Max Mullen, the first logo for Instacart featured a carrot as its symbol and a cursive Instagrammy script for the wordmark. They ditched that typeface around 2016 for an updated geometric one, but they kept the carrot the same. The 2022 refresh that we're looking at today took the ubiquitous carrot symbol and made it something more. It's now a buried carrot with a clever little green leaf arrow garnish up top. The biggest change, however, was throughout the entire visual system. Wolf Allen's the global brand agency who led the work along with the Instacart Creative Studio, loaded up a full bag of brand changes. A custom typeface, refreshed colors, updated product design, Illustration styles, photography styles, and messaging were all included in the final update. And overall, it's pretty fantastic. Be sure to see it for yourself at achangeofbrand.com. Hi, I'm Kevin Bird. I'm the Executive Creative Director here at Instacart. I lead the Creative Studio, which is our internal team responsible for every marketing touchpoint and the shepherds of Instacart's refreshed identity. Kevin came to Instacart around June 2021. 
And the idea of a brand change was on the radar, but he didn't come in with a preconceived recipe of what it should be. It was more about just starting the journey. For me, it's more about putting together the right people in the room and then the excitement of sort of like surprise and delight moments along that journey. There was a problem that we wanted to solve. You know, we wanted the new brand identity to be modernized and feel familiar at the same time to better service the four sides of the marketplace. I mean, Instacart is kind of unique in that regard as a business. It's we're continuing to serve and delight customers, but we also need to enable our retail partners. We need to amplify consumer product group brands and also celebrate our shopper community. And so that's a that's a big ask for one brand. It's not just consumer facing. We're not just making um, an identity update for Soda Pop, for instance, right? You know, Instacart has been around for a decade and a decade ago we were just a grocery delivery company. And back then, I think the we chose the carrot because it was fun, it's approachable, it's friendly, represented food that we fill our grocery carts with. Fast forward to today and to see how the business had evolved, um, we've transformed to become a grocery first, but not grocery only service. For me, the brand identity needed to kind of... Uh, catch up to that new vision for the company, you know, from fresh produce to home improvement, to beauty, to pharmacy, electronics. Uh, we now serve all these different use cases and aisles and retail categories that we had never before. And to me, that marks a moment where the brand identity likewise needs to evolve to reflect that change. Perhaps more than a rebrand, Kevin was really thinking about how to build up a world-class creative studio in-house for Instacart, which is different than some large enterprises. Most of them have brand managers that outsource much of the creative to agencies. The other model, which is the one that we kind of followed, was creating an in-house team that included from motion designers to art directors to creative directors to uh, copywriters to photo retouching and almost building an internal team with the same function you would see at an agency. But the advantage there is speed, right? We're able to bring things to market at a much more efficient model. But not only that, you have people that are dedicated to the brand and the creative expression of that brand over the long term, right? Uh, so often you can hire an agency and sometimes there might, they might not understand the business as well. They might uh, have ulterior motives uh, about winning awards or whatever that may be. And it's kind of like a flash in the pan, which is great in some cases, but having an internal group that is dedicated to building one brand over the, over the long term, I think matters. With big ambitions for the in-house team, Kevin also knew he needed to get the foundations right first. So he brought in Wolf Allens to lead their team and the executive leadership through the process. So I always wondered when they were going to address brand because I knew that the product was so innovative and that a brand would make it even better. That's Daniel Rinda, Senior Creative Director at Wolf Allens and Creative Lead for this rebrand. Like a lot of people, he started using Instacart during the pandemic and once they landed this project, he started to really nerd out. 
They wanted to engage all these audiences across different channels, create a deeper connection. They wanted to focus more on those like emotional sensory experiences that people have with food that are in turn made possible with the product, right? You're getting something, you're cooking it, or you're sharing it with friends. There's also something magical and very fortunate for us all that we could get anything that we want delivered at any time. So this meant that it wasn't just food. The term came up food first, but not food only. There was an existing relationship already in place between Instacart and Wolf Allens that preceded both Daniel and Kevin. But luckily for them, their working styles came together like peanut butter and jelly. Initially, there were a lot of conversations and tension around what Daniel called the carrot in the room. Should it stay or should it go? If they wanted to be food first, but not food only, wouldn't a literal carrot as a logo signal food only? But for the pro-carrot faction, it felt like there was equity, and to change that symbol would be a mistake. Max Mullen, one of the founders, drew the original carrot, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it gets a little, a little tricky when it's one of the founders' artwork, because man, that symbol was probably really precious to him and emotional and represented the years of hard work, founding this company, working through a startup, all the things. It's no longer a carrot. It's no longer just a graphic symbol. It, it's like this emotional identifier for him. So how did you how did you manage that? Did that make you nervous? Oh, of course. I mean, anytime someone has a personal connection to a logo, it becomes hard to separate preferences from what's best for the company. It's hard to judge design. We're constantly reminding people that choosing a logo is different than painting your house. Everyone has to live with it. It's hard to justify a new symbol sometimes that doesn't immediately tie to the brand name. They were over that hurdle. Uh, they wanted to cue fast, uh, fresh food at the time, right? There was that thought behind it. People already associated. It had some recognition. People said, it's the brand with the carrot. Uh, and we thought, well, maybe that could work in our favor to build this emotional connection. There's issues with the execution, but what if we could build meaning into it? In fact, the carrot mythology was so deeply rooted, internally, employees often called themselves carrots, which I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of that. As a redhead and as someone <laughs> as, who has resisted the carrot I said top. That, I was wondering how you <laughs> feel about it. Hey, most redheads out there, well, I can't speak for all of us. I will say I have never liked being called carrot no. top. Okay, internal nicknames aside, Wolf Allens and Instacart were ready to kick off the work. You started with a kickoff audit session to hear everyone's ambition, no matter what level they were in the company. And we had, to, we thought it was extremely important to learn the day to day. This is a brand that has to work hard um, through a product experience. It has to work through all these different communications. It can't just be one singular facet. It has to have many. We created a shared working space, shared Figma, where everyone could add at any time words, references, sketches, motion. There were no bad ideas. It was phenomenal to work with Instacart Creative Studio and just see like what they were working on and where they were going with it and inspired our team. As they started co-creating and doing working sessions together, the overarching idea of a shop and saver started to surface. It was a phrase meant to capture the essence of Instacart and to guide the visual and verbal work forward. It's not just food or tech, it's both. We saw this interesting tension. Anytime you can get creative tension, it becomes really interesting for ideas and the way that things could express themselves both visually and verbally. 
So these two ideas didn't immediately go together, technology and food. You think of tech as more cold, right? You think of food as warmer. You're getting harder lines versus rounder forms. The, the insight that it was both led us to shop and savor. So what that means is Instacart powers how you shop so you can savor all of life. Shop is the product innovation, that efficient way to shop. And savor is the insight that it gives you back valuable time so you could savor all of life. Daniel said the shop and savor idea didn't come immediately. It was a bit of a curvy process as the team explored additional concepts, but this one worked best with the initial design explorations. It's worth noting they weren't structuring this project with big milestone presentations. It was pretty fluid. They had working sessions with the Creative Studio core team and saved the high-pressured reveal moments only for the executive team. All in all, it was just this very positive relationship where nobody was poking holes, everyone was building, and we naturally just like moved away from the things that weren't working. And I mentioned that it wasn't linear. That's kind of how we got to Shop and Saver. It just developed a long time where other things started to fall away. In spite of it being a lovely collaboration, I said it was definitely a not non-linear path. We didn't have these presentations with the core working team. Everything flows, safe space, no wrong answers. But eventually, you have to get buy-in from the rest of executive leadership. The company had just hired a new CEO and COO, both previously at Facebook, and everybody was figuring out how to work with each other, which is always an interesting part of the process. Okay, time for a quick break. When we come back, we learn how Daniel and Kevin handle the executive team. Will it be a nice and smooth express lane checkout experience or a clean up on aisle two? Moment for the brand. All that and more after the break. Hey, while we're taking this break, I want to give a huge shout out to BrandPad for sponsoring this episode. I love using BrandPad here at Matchstick where I work. Gone are the days of static and dusty brand guidelines. Made by designers for designers, BrandPad is easy to use and allows us and our clients to make updates instantly because it's become our go-to platform for creating beautiful digital guidelines for clients. Our friends at BrandPad have given us a code to share with you in hopes that it helps you too. Use code CHANGE15 for 15% off of your next subscription. For more information, check out brandpad.io. That's brandpad.io. Hey listeners, did you know Blake, our fearless podcast host and dad joke expert, has written a book? What? Yeah, it's totally true. It covers a range of brand identity topics and solutions to help CMOs and other brand leaders uncover a more radically relevant brand. In fact, that's the name, Radically Relevant. And since we all love to take quizzes, it comes with an assessment too, so you can see how your brand stacks up against the competition. For more on the book or to take the free Radically Relevant assessment, check out radicallyrelevantbrand.com. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to join the conversation on Instagram. See more about today's episode, share with a friend, or send us an idea you have for a future episode at A Change of Brand. All right, let's get back to it. Okay, so let's recap. At this point in the story, Wolf Allens and the Instacart Creative Studio are two peas in a pod. They are moving and grooving, but they're about to get served a slice of humble pie. Let's go to our first big meeting with the steering committee. We had CEO, COO, founder, Max, who drew the carrot. We had president, etc. We were used to having these open, long working sessions. Now we had 
30 minutes to walk through weeks, months of work. Um, I always believe in letting people in early to the process. I think because people were starting to work with each other and learning, there was a little bit of trepidation to let people in too early. Uh, we had this 30 minute meeting. Of course, it starts late. So now there's less than 30 minutes. I think you know the feeling. Very short time to work, walk through a lot of thinking. Uh, we presented several directions. You asked about how many we would do. In this kind of presentation, you don't want to go too wide. You want to curate down a bit. People have limited time. You just want to get to the key takeaways. We had several directions that went on a range. I think we had three at the time. No carrot at all. Carrot being abstracted. Um, carrot staying very close in. We had explored all different kinds of metaphors. The room was a little tense. <laughs> People were in front of their bosses. You usually don't get much time, with, particularly with CEOs and, or C-suite. So it's all about focusing on the right information. Um, you never know how anybody will be in person. You can watch all the videos you want uh, to get an idea. But meeting in a meeting, it's very different. So it was an interesting part of the process and um, it was very reactive. <laughs> well, at the, at the beginning, it was actually very silent for too long. Uh, then it was said that there are interesting ideas here, but none of this is right. <laughs> and we know at the beginning of the process, nothing is completely right in the first rounds. I was surprised that everyone was very focused on the app icon and maybe even more so than the emotional idea. Because we had heard so much about going from transactional to emotional. Uh, this was completely different than working with the core team. We were not talking about feelings here um, very, very deeply. We were looking at visceral reactions. And I think that people were also expecting just a singular focus on logo, but maybe not thinking about the system as symbiotically. Uh, we had trying to think we had some notional product design that I think from you know coming from product-led organizations. That's always a little touchy. Uh, the, the screens and stuff that we showed to present the logo ideas were quite different than what the product looked like in present day. That makes people nervous. Like, how can we change the product? That takes a long time. And <laughs> so a vote was cast in the room of whether or not we would keep or cut the carrot. It was like, get right to the point, because that was the question, the carrot in the room. That is not something that typically happens to us at Wolf Owens, that we have votes in the room. Uh, I think only one exec voted to move away from the carrot. Everyone else was adamant about staying. Uh, while the core team had this appetite to move behind uh, beyond it, it was clear that executive leadership did not. The scary part of <laughs> the conclusion here, the scary part was that they started questioning any change. And we were like, whoa, okay, that, that's very different. And starting saying things like, we need to see something that's 10 times better. Uh, and I could see a lot of our team members were deflated. But I remember saying to myself, I was like, no way we can't make something better for this company. Like they have grown so much. They have equity there, but there's no way we can't evolve that to have more meaning. So I became a little bit more energized, I think, than some. The executive meeting didn't go quite as planned. And that's the way the rebrand cookie crumbles. One minute, things are going great. And then the next, executives are questioning any change at all. Kevin Bird, however, wasn't discouraged. Rather, he felt like the meeting gave him clarity. 
And the majority of us were fairly new to Instacart, so we hadn't quite figured out everyone's working style and preferences. I will say the best thing that we could get out from that leadership presentation was clarity. Um, Sometimes you might get a comment that's in passing, but it's not until later that you get full clarity. I think initially it was the, you know, the world is your oyster. Everything can be changed. And I think this was the first time we heard from them loud and clear that they wanted us to focus on evolving the carrot icon and that this brand identity refresh should be an evolution, not a revolution. And that was really helpful to walk away with, right? Because then we became much more focused on what the work ahead was for us. It was about bringing new meaning uh, to what the carrot could be. Uh, So I think we left that meeting with much more direction, albeit less time to pull it off, but we knew for the first time what our North Star was. With the carrot out front as the overall direction, the Wolf Allens team started to explore new ways of adding meaning. The carrot top, my not-so-favorite phrase, became a really strong answer. And that carrot top sketch started to work really well in a system, and we saw the opportunity to build on that insight of combining the technology with the food, right? You have this slick, efficient arrow that we also bring together with this juicy carrot Uh, And it brought together tech and food in a lovely way. Meanwhile, Kevin and CMO Laura Jones were working from the inside, having meetings with leadership to sow the seeds of change and to soften the ground for the new direction to take root. Shop and savor, that was all about duality. And that duality started to inform all the different elements of the system. We grew to love it and everybody on the creative team Uh, with us, Instacart Creative Studio, really loved it as well. But we still had to convince the broader team. And I think where we went from there is when we got solid enough, we actually had a meeting directly with Max. We knew that he was such an integral part of the company, had such knowledge of where the company had been, uh, major decision maker, ambassador of the culture. And it's we walked him through the story with the logo change with the typography direction, with the color and how the color was playing on that duality, how everything was starting to come together. Uh, And it really landed well. He congratulated us in transforming that metaphor into something else. And when that happened, we knew that this new design system could take root. Co-founder Max Mullen loved the new direction and felt like the Wolf Allens team nailed it. And once that happened, it was all downhill from there. He was championing the work with his fellow executives and the company was on board. From here, it was all about fine tuning and rolling out. They created two custom typefaces and created a really unique art direction overall for the brand. Colors always polarizing and important. We knew that the color had to relate to food in some way. And we also had the advantage of having a carrot in the system. We knew that we can own green and orange, and especially with like bold and purposeful usage. So it builds this memorable connection because it's a carrot, um, because we use it so intentionally. And then we have this cornucopia, this cart full of secondary colors in photography and illustration, supporting graphics, because you know this marketing team 
has to deliver a lot of messages. It's never going to be so singular that it's just green and orange, right? It has to have that flexibility. And we built the system that way. And then I'll, for, for me, I'm a type nerd. Um, and we had the opportunity to build a custom typeface, something we love to try and do on every brand when it makes sense. Uh, and the typography also speaks to that ethos and allows the brand to speak in these this range of tones. Instacart Sans, um, it works for the product. It's clear and clean, but it also has personality to it. Instacart Contrast, it allows the brand to speak in a more editorial way. It's sophisticated, but it's quirky. Uh, it was like actually influenced by some of the gastro type of Herbu Ballon and Lou Dorfman. So it has a little of that bodacious feel. It has this kind of voluptuous weight to it at times. Um, and it can feel tasty and bring in that emotion. We developed the voice. The voice is magnetic, joyful, adventurous. Um, we have words, lines like you, me, and umami. Like, I think that's really great to think about how we're going to have that range and go from engaging and alive and, and, you know, but then when it has to sober up, like something like preventing underage alcohol delivery, you believe the typeface, you have Instacart Sans, so you have this flexibility to go throughout the brand. One part of the updated identity I was curious to get Kevin's take on was the overall photography style. It's very dramatic, almost surreal, with interesting looking people and super cool clothes. Some people criticized it for being too trendy and not quite authentic enough. So I asked him about it. Our consumer-facing photography, for example, is vivid, it's craveable, and inspirational, embodies that sort of delight of using the service. But that's a way for us to make an emotional connection uh, to our customers. Uh, for shoppers, the photography work that we do there is a little bit more in the style that reflects the work we do with the community. So building transparency and the real connection that they have to the work, and therefore the photography style shift to be a little bit more of that um, journalistic sort of style, feeling a little bit more real, being connected to uh, the customer. So on one side of the fence, the, the stuff that you're probably referencing is sort of the craveable, vivid, delightful sort of inspiration, even hyper real sometimes, the delight that you get from using the service. But we're conscious that um, just like voice and tone, as your tone modulates to your audience, the photography style must, must modulate to that. The launch was going to originally be a slow rollout and not a big splash, but CEO Fiji Simo was eager to debut some of the work. So Wolf Allen's hurried up to release a beta set of assets to get them off the ground and running. As a design team, a creative team, a consultant that develops creative work in the world. You always want the launch to be perfect. But the reality is business needs come before design blog posts. Uh, the CEO had a speaking conference where the new brand was going to be featured. And then we needed to expedite assets. What we care about most is our clients need to be successful. Uh, we, we worked with the creative studio to develop a tight story around it, a tight set of assets to deliver it knowing that we were going to build into the brand rolling out fully. It's still rolling out. It's still rolling out across product and product updates, you know, are never finished and keep going. Unfortunately, we're developing a lot of the brand still. So with that, we thought about like beta typefaces, you know, the logo is still being refined. Like how can we limit and make sure it's used in a few key places? So then when we 
you know, finally release it company wide, everybody has the right assets. It's always a, a nightmare when you have slightly different assets. It's, uh, it's very, <laughs> very uh, disheartening when you see like old assets that haven't been taken away. So we were very careful about that. And then internally, there was unveiling that was led by Max. With a launch like this, you've got your eggs in one gigantic basket. So there's a lot to worry about. For Daniel, he was most concerned that the logo wouldn't get shared in the right context and would maybe be shown in isolation. I was particularly nervous about making sure that the logo itself didn't just get shown in isolation. Uh, I wanted the story to be around it. And I think, you know, we had more of an opportunity as we developed like brand videos and things like that. But it's always nerve wracking when you just have something go out there uh, and you don't get to build into it. That's why a lot of agencies do this. Like, this is why we changed. Look at the new look. And this is what it means strategically. You never want people to feel like it was just a, you know, fresh coat of paint. You want them to understand the intention that it linked to the ambition that's the meaning we crave when it just looks like it was a formal shift that could be devastating and and ruins the impression of all the work that the team puts into it the work launched in march 2022 mostly just the new logo but over time more mock-ups and applications and information were released over that summer shortly after in august the world is your cart campaign aired starring none other then Lizzo. What am I gonna get? <gasps> Ooh, cherries. Oh, okay. How about cherry ice cream? With sprinkles? And maybe a baguette. And a French boy. Bonjour. Ooh la la, baby. You know what I need? Bath bombs. <laughs> The manifesto there was like one cart, many possibilities. The world is your cart. And uh, that campaign really shines a light on the stories that our shopping carts tell about our lives, right? So giving customers this exciting new ideas about the possibilities of their own digital cart. I guess it's the, it could be thought of as the digital version of being at the supermarket in the conveyor belt going by and you see items on the conveyor belt that says a little something about the person in in line. And there's just a sort of delightful storytelling to that. So in the 60 second film, we manifest the inspiration of the cart as so much more a collection of goods, but by exploring how it can transform inspiration into reality uh, with one tap through stories told in these delightful hyper real ways, right? So that was really the the concept. Ever before Lizzo was involved, the, the idea is that how can we take the act of adding things to cart and the changing one's mind, for instance, and how that could uh, manifest itself in the physical world? Because that's where the, the Instacart product fits in, right? Like it's what enables for these things to happen. As you're defining a brand you're also thinking about the cultural landscape and you're you're trying to find celebrities whether they're musicians or actors or like Lizzo both people that align with the brand from a value perspective and there was a lot about Lizzo that really 
was in line with how we thought about the brand, particularly for Instacart being a service for households. And internally, that sometimes equates to, here's our short list of celebrities that are kind of match the value system of our brand and where we are and where we want to be in the cultural landscape. And then you do a lot of criteria on defining who that would be. And Lizzo was always at the top of our list, you know? And so when that happened, I was just head over heels. Truly, we're interested in building an iconic brand over the long term. Being visually recognizable is one aspect of that, but equally as being part of the cultural conversation. Brand director Rahelio would call them fireworks moments that you are being part of the dialogue of what's happening in culture. Okay, it is time to wrap this up and check out. I'm a big fan of this work overall. The design added meaning, personality, and emotion. What could have been a very functional tech brand pushed beyond the expected and used design, messaging, and advertising in a way that makes us feel something. Much like what Dropbox did for online documents out emoting Google Docs, by comparison, Instacart feels like it has a sense of soul, especially when compared to Amazon Fresh or Walmart Plus. Also, everyone talks about collaboration on this show. That is a theme. But this is the first time I've ever heard of a shared Figma file for both agency and in-house creative teams to contribute to. That's next level co-creation and probably a big contributor to the success of this work. It takes a lot to like make brand changes happen in a company, you know, particularly the larger the company is, the more, not just the more stakeholders, but the more surfaces that have to be considered. And it's a lot of holistic thinking, but the point being is like the way in which we worked with Wolf Olins in that collaborative space set us up for success over the long term because it wasn't just the handoff to our principal designers in-house. They felt like they had a role in, in making the brand, right? You know, this type of thing takes six months, a year for it to fully see its way through all of the nooks and crannies of your marketing. I truly was kind of thankful for that working style because it got my team members invested in such a way that they were able to be knighted and could make those decisions themselves and be energized to make this change. As for Daniel from Wolf Allens, there are several reasons to him why this was a success. One of which, however, was what led to the real magic. People love evolutions when there's something familiar and you can deliver on it in an unexpected way. People could relate because they have something that, you know, they could link back to. It's it's the case that you've seen with all great art over the years. If you were to make your jump from, you know, the Renaissance to Picasso, it's like, forget it. I think it's like in Back to the Future when he goes from... from uh, Chuck Berry to Jimi Hendrix, and then he goes into like slamming the guitar. People are like, what did you just do? So I think if you can link to something familiar but do it in an unexpected way, that's magic. Okay, that is a wrap. Thanks to Daniel Rinda and Kevin Bird for giving us their take on this change story. To see more visuals from today's episode, head on over to a changeofbrand.com. And if you liked today's show, Share it with a friend. Be a pal. 
or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Today's episode was edited by Landon Tutu, fact-checked by Jill Jeffries, written in part and produced by Brianna Belcher. Special thanks to Tracy Clark for the brief-in and Rachel Jackson for today's artwork. I'm your host, Blake Howard, signing off.